So, Eric, I want to start by bringing up a little controversy on our social media feed. We had a post recently about distractions or things that get us tied up. Do you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I shared a Medium article about 12 habits that destroy your focus and productivity. Mm -hmm. It has a list of like 12 really general things that when I read it, It seemed like there are a handful of them where I'm like, oh, yeah, I am totally guilty of those things. So in an attempt to be a little comedic, I shared that. And then I know mine is tabaholic, but I didn't really want to pin anything on you. So I just made something up. So I just said that you like cupcakes, which is one of the uh, like eating bad food indulgences type of things. Right. And of course, how long have you known me? Uh, Years. Yeah. And how often do I talk about cupcakes? I don't remember it coming up. However, what's strange is we also will do game nights and families will get together and stuff like that. Strangely, one of the things that we like to bring for a dessert is cupcakes. And I don't think I've ever actually brought cupcakes to your house or served them. Yeah, exactly. And how often have I made a comment about how you don't bring cupcakes? Uh, Never. Never, exactly. So, yeah, I was quite offended by that remark because I actually don't really care for cupcakes, quite frankly. So I think it's kind of strange that this is the way that we're finding out. I think this is actually kind of the safest way that I could have found out that you don't like cupcakes (laughs) (laughs) because it is really common for my wife and I to go and pick up some... uh, some really fancy cupcakes when we're going to friends, you know, it's one of those things like, what should we bring? Uh, bring a dessert. Okay, we'll bring cupcakes, like really fancy cupcakes. And that has apparently never happened just out of sheer coincidence over the years that we've known each other. And so I'm kind of amazed that this is how I find out that you don't like cupcakes. I think you've brought beer or maybe hard cider, maybe, but I can't think of, yeah, you've never brought cupcakes. Like, if you brought cupcakes, maybe I'll eat one, but I'm not crazy about them. Especially fancy cupcakes. I just, I don't, I'm not into frosting. So that's, like, a big part of it. And uh, with cupcakes, they tend to be, like, really well-decorated, which I don't really care for. Yeah, especially those quote-unquote fancy ones. Right, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's funny you put, you posted about cupcakes, that I'm into cupcakes. I was like, wait a sec, have I ever said I was into, like... Me, I I like cake. I like pie. But yeah, like cupcakes especially, there's a high frosting to cake ratio. So cupcakes are just, I'm not crazy about. All right, so I have questions. Yeah, go ahead. Let's start. Question number one. Go. Is it a certain type of frosting? I mean, I like like a cream cheese type frosting, but like regular ordinary frosting just doesn't do it for me. It's a special combination of like fattiness and sugariness that I enjoy more than just standard like sugar frosting, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So I need a good high like fat carb ratio, but if it's just sugar, is there's nothing to it. All right. So I'm kind of getting that I shouldn't serve you cupcakes. You can serve me cupcakes and I will politely have one, but you'll begrudgingly eat it. Right. I will not <laughs> Like, I'm not going to like, oh, go in the middle of a recording here. Just be like, oh, you know, I, I just got a hankering for some cupcakes. You know, because that's, you know, made me sound like I was just really obsessed with cupcakes. And 
I can't get anything done without a cupcake. It's... Yeah, I was trying to think of something silly that <laughs> like, I thought cupcakes would be safe. Apparently not. Now I'm just imagining that you would take a cupcake, take a bite, and then pretend to wipe your mouth with a napkin when you're actually secretly spitting the cupcake <laughs> out in the napkin. <laughs> just so it looks like you'll just eat a cupcake. <laughs> All right, so my last question on this is, Okay. What of these uh, 12 habits that destroy your focus and productivity, which one would you say you are most guilty of? So the first one on the list was leaving tabs open on your desktop. And that was like, boom, I am totally guilty of that. I even showed you. Yes. And yes, I think we, right now I was I've at got your like, house and you showed me and it was rightfully embarrassing. Yeah, I have like 30 open tabs open right now. Yeah. Well, I just have three tabs maybe open. I'm pretty good about that. Checking your phone. I do that, but I'm not. Eh, it's a habit, but I wouldn't say it's that bad. Yeah, Watching you, Netflix or TV first thing in the morning. Maybe leaving notifications on. No, I don't do that. Sleeping in. Maybe eating bad food. Probably. But not cupcakes. Not drinking enough water. Maybe being busy versus being productive. Uh, that's less so now than I think it used to be. Not playing your days and weekends. No. Keeping your to-do list in mind. Maybe multitasking and procrastinating. Okay, if I had to like rank them, I would say like checking my phone in the first thing in the morning, not the highest. Watching Netflix or TV in the morning. Yes, I might have YouTube in the background while I do something. Both work and not like first thing in the morning, but you know, when I'm getting something ready, I might watch a, watch a YouTube video while I'm doing something in the morning. Okay, that's interesting because of all of the items on this list, that seemed like the most bizarre one to me. Uh, like, I questioned, like, do people actually do that? Okay, so that could be like a baby boomer thing where you have like cable TV and you come downstairs and you put on the news. But I don't see that as like something younger people would do, especially if they're going to work in the morning. That doesn't make sense. Maybe if you're on a commute, I could see that. Uh, eating bad foods is definitely a bad habit of mine. I'm not going to like, uh, not drinking enough water. I don't know about that. Being busy, not really. Uh, yeah, I'd say like the bad food and the watching TV might be my two biggest vices on this list. So going through the list of 12, I was asking myself, like, which one would Leo say, oh, yeah, I'm totally guilty of that. And I had a hard time pinning down one. So that's why I came up with cupcakes. It's like, okay, bad food, like everyone is guilty of that one, right? To some degree. So I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay, there you go. Like, I'm guilty of eating bad food, most certainly. But like in the general sense, Eric, you were correct. I will put it that way. But now cupcakes. I'd be like eating a donut before I'd eat a cupcake. That's okay. I learned something about you. And we'll just uh, imagine that anytime we refer to cupcakes, we really just mean like any bad habit that destroys our focus and productivity. <laughs> sure, we could do that, I guess. So it's interesting. A habit number 11 they have on here, multitasking. Yeah. So, I mean, that is kind of a bad habit of mine. So when they talk about multitasking, I think they mean like doing multiple things at the same time. I would say I'm guilty of that in a sense. But I think there's like there's a distinction to be made about multitasking because there's multitasking where I'm running the dishwasher while recording an episode or I'm doing something in the background, either on my computer or something around the house. That doesn't involve my active attention while I am working on something. So that to me is like good multitasking. But I think that there's like 
the bad multitasking, which I'm at times guilty of doing. And this is going back to watching YouTube while doing work. Like sometimes I have to be very purposeful about what I pick because I don't want it to be something that'll steal my attention, but I can just have in the background and listen to. Or, you know, maybe sometimes and we're especially guilty of this as, you know, software developers, because sometimes something's going to take a while to get done. So for instance, I've done some video stuff. And usually what I've ended up doing is rather than allowing a video to render while I'm working, because it slows down my computer, I tend to wait, let that stuff run overnight. But then, you know, as software developers, we might be compiling a piece of code or running a piece of code, and it can take a while to get started. And that to me has like been the beginning of my vices ever since I started programming 20 years ago, is that I'll end up waiting for something to compile. And then like 10 minutes later, it was ready five minutes ago, but I was busy getting distracted by something else. I don't know about you. Do you run into situations like that? Oh, absolutely. Anything that you're using computers and you're doing something that's intensive, it seems like there are opportunities where it seems like you've got that downtime. Yeah. And so do you think the multitasking part has to do with how frequently you're switching back and forth between tasks or like how long it takes you to go from one thing to another, because I think that like running the dishes or like running a load of laundry or something like that. And then like that's once you get that started, it's kind of doing its own thing. And I don't think right. anyone expects you to just sit there and wait for the dishwasher or the laundry to just finish so that, boom, you can just jump into folding or like taking care of it from there. However, for yeah. computers and like lots of other like smaller and like more work related tasks where maybe you have like a project or like a specific deadline or something like that or priorities and you're jumping back and forth a very short moments of uh, downtime. That's what I tend to think of as multitasking. It's like when you have yep. that 20 or 30 seconds of downtime and so you switch to another tab or I do <laughs> or uh, you switch to another app or lift up your phone and like start doing something there. Uh, something like that. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's the distinction to be made, especially with this article here, which talks about habits that destroy your focus and productivity. It's that kind of multitasking that does destroy your focus and productivity. Because if your your brain just isn't meant to be switching tasks like that, because then you have to constantly switch focus and you really lose that flow or that train of thought, which is just going to ruin your productivity in the long run. And I think that specifically is the stuff that, that can really mess you up. Wouldn't you say that that's correct? Or would, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So I tried coming up with an analogy and comparing multitasking to juggling and then bringing it back to like those short moments where you don't have anything going on. So you switch to another task. It's kind of like when the ball is in the air. You don't have to worry about that ball at that exact moment. So you're shifting the balls around and then you're worrying about getting the next one up in the air. Things like doing the laundry, tying this back to juggling. If you could throw the ball like a mile into the air, so it's going to take a while before it comes back down and you have to worry about it. Like I could see that maybe that makes sense. However, generally juggling is just keeping a lot of balls in motion, putting a little bit of energy into each one before switching to the next task. and you're not getting as much actually done. It feels like you're just staying busy and you're doing things without actually getting a lot closer on any one task at any given time. Right, exactly. 
What I think we often do is we conflate the idea of getting a lot done, like productivity, like producing something, with doing a lot of things at once. Doing a lot of things at once doesn't mean that you're getting a lot done. And I think that's where I'm reluctant to multitask. And if I catch myself, which I do a lot, I try and stop myself. Yeah, and I think especially as software developers, we're really guilty of that. And that's really the distinction to be made is like, there's a difference between queuing one background task and allowing that to go, um, like laundry or, you know, video compiling or something like that, that just doesn't need your active attention. It almost seems like the real distinction is like context switching, right? Yeah, so that context switching is a computing term for any listeners who maybe aren't familiar with that. But I think that it gets used a lot with the idea of like changing from one task to another. So it's the idea that uh, it takes a little bit of time or like some kind of a process to stop what you're currently doing and then switch over to something else. And that's just more work. And it's not actually setting you up to actually get anything done. It's just time and effort from switching from one task to another. So like I think with multitasking, doing too much context switching is where it becomes problematic. Yeah, exactly. And it goes back to that flow, that concentration. Once you remove that, it becomes exceedingly difficult to get a lot of work done in that time. Where do you think, is it just a matter of people just lose attention at what they're working on and get bored and then end up moving to something else? Or what are the things that cause us to do that? to like get distracted. Mm. So obviously from my own perspective, some of it seems cultural. There's almost this pride in seeming like we're always doing something. You're busy, but you're not getting anything done. Right. And I think even in this article here, we have that, like they actually list that as one of the things. Number eight, right? Being busy versus being productive. And there's definitely a bit of that. Right. And we've talked about habits as well. So even outside of whatever uh, cultural expectations there are, the act of switching from one small thing, like you set something in motion, like compressing the video or compiling your code or whatever, you set that in motion. So it's that immediate reward. And so it feels like you accomplished something. And now you're not accomplishing anything because you're sitting there waiting. And so you want something else that is rewarding. And so you try and find something else that's really simple that you can get into motion. And so that is a habit, but it's not necessarily a good habit. Right, exactly. Yeah, so I think those two things, they're basically like we train ourselves to be busy, just keep switching from one thing to another. And so like to undo those habits, it takes some thought, it takes some work. So one of the things I mentioned was that whenever there's a process I'm waiting for to get done or, you know, that's really when I get bored, essentially, is when I might context switch and jump onto a different task. What got you into the habit of multitasking and basically being a tabaholic? I think one of the things that I struggle with is that I don't have one focus in my career or I have a lot of different tracks working with different organizations where I want to see things moving forward. And so Like I have a task list that's weekly and, you know, I have four different big projects that at any given time I want to keep moving along. 
And so I think that's one thing that leads to me having lots of open tabs is because instead of having like four open tabs for one project where I'm learning that like one specific thing, I have four projects. And for each of those, you know, I have a Google Sheet open. I have some articles that I'm researching. I have my task planner so that I can keep track of that stuff. So they just add up and then it just adds a lot of clutter. And then it also makes it really difficult to, oh, like I said, like I fall into this trap where I will set something in motion. It's a small task. And so I use this idea, like I'll, I'll queue up some social media or something like that. And I'm like, well, while I'm already doing the social media stuff, why don't I switch over from sharing some stuff for our podcast and do the same thing for Lansing Codes or Soup Grant or one of the other groups that I'm involved with, which like that's part of the trap. Do you mind if I get into suggestions? No. So one of the things I'm hearing is that you have a lot of projects going on, but have you thought about maybe setting up either in like Evernote or Bear or whatever your note-taking app or wherever you can put some of this stuff in, but setting up like a file so that, oh, you know, here's a good thing I should be working on rather than just hopping into it, just writing it into your notes for whatever project it pertains to. And then allocating a time to like go over that stuff maybe the next day or the next week. Hmm. Yeah, I think being able to group up and like, um, have you ever heard the term parking lot? No, go ahead. Explain that. Parking lot. I learned this through an agile development process where you're trying to come up with solutions or possible tasks or things that your team might want to try to improve their own throughput of work. The idea of the parking lot is things that come up that aren't related to the specific thing that you're working on at that moment. And so it sounds really similar to what you're suggesting, where you just take the idea, you put it on a piece of paper called the parking lot, and then the idea is that you can come back to it later. But later means still at that meeting. Like it's going to be part of the discussion, just not right now. Yeah, exactly. So the way I think about it is I'm going to use like GTD. Have we ever even mentioned getting things done on this podcast? No, I hashtag it sometimes on our social media, <laughs> but that's it. So a hundred years ago, we've never talked about it because I feel like it's so pervasive, but Getting Things Done is a book by David Allen. It came out like almost 20 years ago and it was a big hit, but I feel like in a lot of ways, it kind of permeates a lot of the productivity culture. But one of the things I wanted to bring up specifically from GTD is the idea of like setting up lists or like an inbox for ideas. And it sounds a lot like your parking lot. So like if you have something that you want to do rather than just hopping onto it and distracting yourself and basically switching context, so to speak, you would take like, oh, you know, I just got this idea. Like, I'm not saying I'm not guilty of, especially when I'm doing social media, like I might just end up getting sucked into social media for a good good amount of time just because it might be convenient. And, and in some sense, I'm not context switching because I'm just staying within that realm. But it's a good idea instead to just have like an inbox for ideas or things that you want to do and just allocating a time on your calendar to hop back onto that inbox and allocating a time to do that stuff specifically or at least planning it out. That's kind of the GTD methodology is using like an inbox. And then, you know, obviously there's a lot to getting things done, but like that idea alone, I think is a big benefit to a lot of people. You know what it also reminds me of? What's that? Cupcakes? 
Um, <laughs> atomic habits. So one of the suggestions for enforcing or encouraging good habits is to make something visible. And then if you want to get rid of bad habits, there's the idea of the environment design where you try and hide things that are encouraging your bad habits. So it sounds like the process of taking these things, like whether they're links or ideas or whatever, and then just putting them somewhere that's out of sight, out of mind, is an effective way to be able to stop that multitasking process. For me, I think also I need to find a solution for keeping so many open tabs. Have you ever thought about maybe like, I mean, there's obviously like parental filters, right? But have you ever thought about using other like apps that can block certain websites? And then that way you're not going to end up being distracted by doing a specific task. Just say, oh, for 45 minutes, I'm going to block Twitter and maybe even Medium or YouTube. And then maybe that'll help you. Or even getting disconnected from the internet, which is like becoming more and more of an impossibility when you're doing any sort of work. But still, there are times you could do offline work as well. And like that would definitely restrict what you can do. Yeah, I've considered that. I think from the uh, standpoint of work, between my work on like Lansing Code, Soup Grant, my teaching at MSU and this podcast, a lot of my work is really similar. And so taking a step back and looking at my open tabs, they're kind of grouped up. And so I, I have GitHub open, I have Sheets open, I have Google Docs open, and then I've got Medium or like Free Code Camp, which is Medium. Another Medium, right, publication. And Buffer and Facebook. So I don't think that blocking one of those wholesale would address the issue. I think I need to go hunting for some way, maybe using Pocket or something like that to just like once I open a tab and then I'm done with it for the day or like whenever I do make that switch, push that stuff to Pocket so that I can come back to it later, like when I need it instead of it always showing me that delicious looking icon that there's work waiting for me there and I need to jump on it when I get a chance. Yeah, and maybe like even with Pocket, I think you can like tag articles so that way you can say this is pertaining to Soup Grant, this is pertaining to Lansing Codes, this is pertaining to OK Productive. Oh, sweet. I didn't know that. I think you can. I haven't used Pocket because I'm not a read it later type person anymore because I realize I just never end up reading it later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it also seems like maybe, you know, I don't know how this might work as far as billing, but maybe you can batch tasks not by who they're for, but, but what task they are. Because some stuff might be coding related, some stuff might be social media related, and just doing it that way. Yeah, to minimize the like context switch. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because I think that's the key: is like you don't want to have something that distracts from what you're doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It gives me a lot of things to try. So, what are like some triggers for you that cause you to multitask? Yeah, I think I've covered open tabs a lot already. So. Like that kind of reminds me of inbox zero, which I do try and keep my inbox pretty light, but I have other strategies to like not open my email a lot throughout the day. So email's not one of them, but I do have this, this idea where like if I have a pause in a task, being a software developer or just working on computers in general, there are times where I'm just doing something where like even just recording this episode, when I export the audio, it's probably going to take 20, 30 seconds. And then when I upload it so that you have access to it, that's probably going to take a few minutes. 
And those are like prime opportunities for me to just like jump on something else. And of course, the thing that I jump on isn't going to take the exact amount of time as it is to save the audio file or upload it. So I'm just unnecessarily like context switching instead of waiting patiently for the thing to get done so that I can just finish that task. So like those small distractions are, oh, they get to me. And uh, yeah, I need to put some thought into how I can pause and stop doing those things. And I've done it a little bit, like thinking through what we're talking about in this episode. So maybe we can come back to that. Focus for me is pretty tough. And I think it is for a lot of people. And it's becoming more and more tough as our attention spans are, you know, diminishing, especially with access to our phones all the time. Yeah. And even just uh, my desk is pretty messy. My house has definitely gotten a lot more messy with a, a kid hanging around. And those also, I don't mind the mess, but at the same time, every time I walk through and see like there's a ton of Legos laying out or just like a six-year-old sock laying on the floor or somewhere, I compulsively feel I have to snatch it up and stop what I'm doing and then go and put it in its right place. So like all those distractions, like it's amazing how much they add up and distract from whatever it is that you're actually trying to do in that moment. Yeah, that's a really good point. So what else did you want to mention when it comes to multitasking? So I think that what I'm realizing here is that talking about writing down whatever you can discover is like your triggers causing you to multitask in a way that you're not happy with is a good first step. Like just being able to identify what those are, it'll get you into the process where we've been going through right now, where we talk about it. Like we just put some of the ideas out there and then we can start coming up with solutions and like we can try and fix them. And so now, you know, through talking with you, I've got a bunch more ideas on how I might be able to cut back on the multitasking from different computing tasks. I wasn't planning on talking about like the messy house either, but that seemed like a natural jump. And now that I say it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I agree completely that like being tidy is a great way to remove distractions. That's not like just like tidy in your room, but as somebody who's looking at a computer all day, tidy digitally as well. Like if you have a distracted desktop, it's helpful to organize that and keep it organized in a fashion that it isn't distracting. Let's put it that way. Because some people like me, like just delete everything on their desktop because, you know, everything belongs in a place and a desktop is only a temporary holding place as far as I'm concerned. But some people just use their desktop for everything. And in that case, it's like everybody's different. I think that's what it gets to is like having an organized distractionless surface to deal with. I did anticipate like some of the stuff coming up, like what to do after you figure out that you're unnecessarily jumping from task to task? What are some things that you could do instead? And I came up with some really simple ones to just like not walk away. Don't do anything that takes a long time, but take a drink of water or stretch, even if it's just like getting your hands up over your head and stretch your shoulders or your neck a little bit. Because if you're sitting at a desk, those are things that you could probably do with a little bit more of anyway taking your focus away, like looking away from your computer or whatever, if you're into woodworking, looking away for a few moments and then breathing. 
like there were some really simple things that can just help cool you down, slow things down that are not the same as like jumping to another work task. Do you have any like that you know that you practice or ideas that came up? Yeah, just like getting up and making yourself a cup of coffee or getting something to drink. I think is a great way to give yourself a break. Like, I think that's the other thing is like, maybe you need a break from what you're doing and that's really what you're, you're hungry for as opposed to just necessarily like, you know, keep distracting yourself because that's not going to do it. Like maybe take a 15 minute break every couple hours just to regain your focus when you come back. And we've talked a little bit about Pomodoros and I think that's an example of where people know that they can't just sit down and focus on the same thing for four or five hours at a time. So being able to sit down and focus on something for 25 minutes and then take a five-minute break or 50 minutes or like whatever your optimal chunk of time is can be really helpful. Plus, you're giving yourself that opportunity to do some recharging, which we talked about in our previous episode. The, like taking a drink of water or something like that is also helping with some of those other bad habits that are like from that article that we mentioned at the beginning of this episode are destroying your focus. I think there's lots of different ways that you can find something that's simple. That's not just jumping into another work task that will help set you up for avoiding multitasking and taking care of yourself at the same time. Yep. I agree completely. Another thing is just making sure if like your phone distracts you, this goes back to atomic habits. Like if something is triggering a bad habit, then put your phone in a different room. This is something I started practicing. I've got one of these Qi chargers now where I can put my phone on a pad without having to plug it in and let it charge on there passively. Hmm. Um, and I'll just leave it in that room charging while I go do something else. And if like somebody texts me or somebody calls me and it's, something that I really want to pay attention to. At least I have my watch to keep me going in case, you know, somebody needs to get a hold of me. Okay. Yeah. Phone is a big one. Find myself compulsively picking that thing up and look at email or whatever. Even just seeing if I have any notifications. It's like I'm trying to sabotage myself. Does it make you sad when you don't see any notifications? Are you like, oh, nobody cares about me? Uh, not always. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be in the middle of a, a conversation, like chatting with you on Slack or uh, like Snapchatting someone, and we have got an active conversation going. And then suddenly I don't hear back within like five minutes or something like that. It's like, yeah, well, did I say something that just killed the conversation or like? I feel bad, Eric. I'm sorry. Like next time when I'm driving, I'll make sure to keep texting you on Slack. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not one of those things where I'm like, no, you need to give me all your attention right now. <laughs> That's the funny thing about Slack is I see it as like an in-between between texting and like, well, first of all, you should never text like with when you're driving. Like, obviously, that's a statement I need to say. But like Slack, I always feels like somewhere in between where it's like, oh, well, you know, technically, if you don't get a hold of me, it's like I understand. It's not like you're supposed to just text me back right away. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, actually, you know what you just said about texting while you're driving? that gives me another analogy to go off of. So texting while driving, you're doing a lot of context switching. You're going from your phone to try and do something to paying attention to the thousands of pounds of vehicle that have a lot of momentum moving down the road. And you're doing yeah. that really, really fast back and forth. That's the bad multitasking. 
Good multitasking right. could be listening to an audiobook while you're driving. You set that thing going, and then you're doing it at the same time that you're driving, but you're not switching back and forth. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And like, especially with an audiobook, like if you need directions, just switch on your map to give you the directions by voice. Because in that way, you, at least you can keep track of what's going on. Yeah. So you and I have once in a while worked in a coffee shop or something like that. And so I have to ask, do you ever find yourself listening to other people's conversations? No, I'm a big headphone user. So that's never an issue for me. If anything, I will get distracted by the music in a coffee shop more than I will by the conversations of other people. I always bring a pair of headphones. So that's never as much of an issue for me. Okay. I'm usually pretty good about it, but sometimes, especially if someone makes an unusually loud sound or they're getting really excited about their conversation in a coffee shop or something, yeah, like I'll look over and be really curious about what's going on that they're so excited about. Sounds like I have a, a lot of triggers that I, I can work on. Headphones, yeah, that's an easy one. I could start carrying those around because I don't have headphones. Oh, and by the way, make sure if you have Bluetooth headphones that they're charged. I ran into an issue the other day where my AirPods weren't charged all the way. And they're old now, so the battery doesn't last as long. And yeah, they were like completely dead. And I had a conference call and that was really embarrassing. So make sure like... You have a good pair of headphones, wired ones, if you're using a laptop or like constantly charged Bluetooth ones, because otherwise you're going to you're going to be without anything or bring two pairs. That's the other thing you could do. Yeah, that seems like one of those things where like once the batteries die, you don't really get a good fallback. Did it, what happened in that situation? Did the audio just cut out or did it switch to a speaker or what happened? I had to switch to using the speaker on my laptop in a coffee shop. It sucked. Yeah. And like those AirPods, I've ever hardly ran into that issue in public. I'm usually charging them, and so it's never been an issue. So this this caught me by surprise completely. So some of that stuff will happen. We'll never be perfect at avoiding the bad multitasking and avoiding the things that are our triggers. But it sounds like we can also think about it and be prepared. Yeah, exactly. Do you have any other things that uh, you might recommend for someone who's found that they're multitasking and want to do something else instead that's a little bit safer, not taking away their focus or like something else that they shouldn't do? No, I don't think so. I think it's just a matter of like keeping either a pad of paper or a, a, something open on your computer where you can write these distractions down and do them at a later point. And then also just taking breaks, I think is super important and stepping away for a couple hours or so. It sounds like your idea of a break might be a little bit different from mine too. So you'll get up and move around. I tend to look for some things that I can just close my eyes. Not like I don't meditate, but things that just help me just let the task finish and be okay with that. Stretch or take a drink of water or something like that. Just to slow myself down. Yep, I agree. Okay. Yeah, and I will... uh I'll try out. He's recommended Evernote or Bear. Yeah, just some sort of note-taking app or use stickies on the Mac or whatever, something to like put these little distractions when they come up. Yeah, so what I think I might do is since I'm on the computer a lot of the time, I have Evernote and I've it's just never really clicked with me. But now that you mentioned this, it makes a lot of sense that Evernote could be a place where 
I dump ideas and tasks and links and stuff like that. I want to see if there are any Alfred integrations because that's something that's been really helpful for me. Just finding some information or doing a really short task really quick without leaving the context of what I'm actively working on. Like if I'm writing and I want to look up a definition or something like that or do a math calculation. Alfred is an amazing tool for that. Yeah, that's a good point. It really minimizes the context switch. So I want to see if there's a way that I could tie Alfred into sending these links and like ideas away without actually having to switch over to another app or like open yet another tab. And if there isn't one, we should make one because that seems like an ideal thing for Alfred. Yeah, I'll dig into this and I'll report back what I find. Awesome. Anything else you want to talk about before we close out? I think we've wrapped it up pretty nicely. I think we're good. Okay. Can I mention one small little trick that I just discovered last night and got to trying? And I kind of like it right now. Yeah, please. So Google added this new feature to Chrome where you can type in, it kind of looks like a URL, but it ends in .new. So you can type docs.new or slide.new and it'll automatically create a new slide or presentation or like Google Sheet or whatever. So you don't have to actually open up your Google Drive, click new, blah, blah, blah. I found that really helpful, especially since I, I'm not creating like 20 docs a day, but I do know that most of the time that I spend is on getting that page to load and then navigating their menus, like going to the folder just to create a, like a blank document. So being able to just type those seven, eight, nine, ten 10 characters, hit enter, and then boom, I've got a new Google Doc that I can start typing in. Super cool. It's starting to save me a lot of time. Is this in Chrome? Yes. Okay. Interesting. That's very cool. If only I can figure out a way to do that in Safari. <gasps> no, wait, it worked. What? It's just a URL. What? Yeah. It works in Safari too? Yeah, I think it's just a URL. Huh. Do you use Google DNS? I don't think so anymore. Okay. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. I thought it was a Chrome yeah. feature. Nope. It's not a Chrome feature. Any browser. That's pretty cool. Hmm. So uh, try this out, and if you're having any issues with this, let us know. We're on Twitter at OKProductive, and then you could also reach us via email, hello at OKProductive.com. Yeah, that's a really good suggestion. I hadn't thought of that. Just a little productivity app trick that I thought I'd share with the audience. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. Pleasure talking to you. Thanks for the tips on avoiding multitasking, too. Yeah, and thanks for that Google Drive tip. That's pretty cool.